Hey guys, uh, this is Steve Baker, otherwise known as the Pragmatic Constitutionalist. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina today, we are under uh, flash flood watches, uh, intermittent heavy rains, and we're not in a soundproof studio yet. So if uh, we hear some ambient uh, noises, uh, some rainfall, then you'll uh, know what's going on. And it might not be such a bad idea. I'm not going to be covering the uh, sunniest of topics today. Um, I do want to um, do a little house cleaning first. Regarding our expansion efforts, as you know, as I've been posting uh, on uh, Facebook and uh, other uh, social media uh, sources of late, we have made the decision not to leave Facebook. We're not going to leave Facebook. I have no intention of migrating uh, exclusively to MeWe, Parler, or any of the other new social media platforms as some part of the mass exit of exit of you know right wing um, uh, or Liberty Voices to other platforms. Uh, I, I don't want to be trapped in any type of um, ideological echo chamber. I think that myself, I have greatly benefited over the years by purposefully exposing myself on a daily basis to not only um, uh, all media voices, left, right, libertarian, whatever, but also by exposing myself to the contrary voices on uh, social media, in, including our own uh, pragmatic um, constitutionalist page. And the reason for that is, is that, uh, as I've said before many times, I learn every day. The challenge not only sharpens my sword, I think, but I, um, uh, I learn more from our uh, followers, their comments, uh, than I do from other sources. Uh, there's, you know, as I said uh, in our last podcast with Scott, uh, there's, there's wisdom and, and a multitude of counsel, and I consider our followers to be uh, as much uh, a source of that counsel and information uh, as anything else that I read or watch. So uh, I'm always thankful to have that. And the last thing that I want to do is be caught up in a place exclusively where I'm only hearing my voice echoed back to me. So I, I am going to stay on Facebook. Uh, we are going to remain engaged uh, with, the, well, we're going to stay in the battle. We're not going to retreat, so we have to be there. So don't, uh, don't think that we're leaving. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that even over the last week uh, plus uh, a day or two since the election, the page has continued to grow, and that's despite the fact that you know Parler itself has taken on millions of new uh, followers in just the last few days. And and there's you know there's problems at me we and parlor they're they're clunky they're new they're problematic um, they certainly parlor especially was certainly not prepared for the bandwidth um, taxation that they went through in the last few days so there's a lot of growing pains that are yet to be worked out on those platforms but we will be there we're also uh, excited to announce that uh, we're hot on almost now all the major podcast platforms everything from iTunes to Amazon to Spotify uh, gosh uh, we're gonna it'll be a couple of weeks before we're on uh, iHeartRadio takes a little longer to get through the approval process there but uh, basically all the other major platforms we're now we're now there so uh, we'll have all this information 
uh, at the, you know, um, wherever we post this, be this on uh, YouTube or we may show up on some of the other uh, video um, uh, channels now as well uh, for the exact same reasons that we need to expand and be ready to um, be booted off <laughs> of the of the um, Google-owned platform or from Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So we'll be everywhere. You'll be able to find us. Just don't forget, please, go to the website, thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com, and sign up uh, for our e-newsletter because if something happens on one of those platforms where you do follow us regularly and where we've been you know, a part of your life and you've been a part of my life for so many years, particularly on the Facebook page, uh, we're, we're this close to, to getting booted off of Facebook. We have, uh, just since the election, I've already received two stern warnings for uh, posting, you know, quote-unquote, false information. Uh, in, both, in neither case was that true. But they also, in addition to slapping uh, severely more uh, uh, stringent uh, restrictions on our reach, which is known as throttling, so I've been double throttled yet again in the last week, they have also uh, deactivated my ad account. And even though I was successful in challenging that deactivation, getting it reversed and having them, I have it written, I've got a screenshot, having them admit to me that in fact we did not violate any of their policies after you know human review of such, they have still not uh, activated that. So it's they've made it very, very difficult for us to get even to our own followers on Facebook. 35,000 followers and my average post reach has dropped typically in the range, depending upon how viral it goes, anywhere from a couple of thousand to maybe 15,000 people. Four years ago at this very time, with less than half the followers we have now, a, uh, a similar post would reach anywhere from 600,000 to a million and a half people. That's how much we've been throttled now. And every time I make um, one of those errors that their fact checkers deem to be um, uh, inappropriate or uh, my opinion itself is, is uh, deemed to be false, they, uh, they throttle us even more. So I think they have a new three-strike rule. So I'm, I'm operating on two strikes right now just in the last week. So it could be that uh, I'm going to get uh, you know put in Facebook jail very soon. So anyway, please sign up for the newsletter so that we can keep up with you uh, in case we do uh, suffer a uh, unexpected or premature demise on that particular flat platform. Uh, let's see. What else do we need to cover uh, in terms of... Um, housekeeping. I don't think there's anything. Uh, this morning I did post a, uh, a short, um, screed about what is happening with Live Nation and Ticketmaster. I did want to talk about that just uh, for a moment. As most of you know who've been following me for a while, my career has been, uh, for over 40 years in the music industry, predominantly with, you know, one or two side, uh, journeys and, and things that I've done, outside of the music industry. It's been mostly a, um, a journey through a life as both a performer uh, and in the music or the business side of the music business. I've uh, done probably over a thousand shows as a concert promoter. Uh, I have been involved in uh, the management side of the industry, including managing uh, several major label artists, including Grammy Award nominees and such as that uh, throughout my career. 
But the bottom line is, is that for over 40 years now, uh, the lion's share of my life and the lion's share of my income has been from the gathering together of people in rooms, regardless of whether they were, you know, a small nightclub, a church basement, uh, a theater or a giant arena or even a big festival. Um, my my livelihood has been dependent upon large groups of people coming together in close proximity to one another and uh, enjoying, you know, an entertainment spectacle of some sort. And um, obviously, for the last seven, eight months, we've not been able to do that. Uh, the projections from the biggest players in our industry are that we're not coming back anytime soon with the announcement this week of uh, Pfizer's uh, upcoming vaccine that is claimed to have an efficacy of 90%, uh, which also remains to be seen. We just saw a Billboard magazine article yesterday in which Live Nation and Ticketmaster, which are the largest, uh, well, they're the, the eight and 900 pound gorilla out there in this industry, worldwide multinational um, companies, Live Nation being the biggest concert promoter and venue uh, manager and owner in the world, Ticketmaster being the biggest source. We've all, if we've gone to anything, we've purchased tickets through Ticketmaster before. And uh, as a result of their projections into the future and their need as a, you know, a for-profit business to get people to start going back to concerts again and get these venues open. They have um, put in place the plans for what we have known was coming for a long time, and that is, in fact, a ID program that will verify either through our phones or some other mechanism uh, that we, in fact, have been vaccinated within the last 12 months, and then, of course, that we have to renew that vaccine vaccination annually against COVID-19, um, or that we've at least tested positive in the last uh, 48 to 72 hours in order for us to be admitted into any concert venue which they control. As we know, and as I said in my uh, uh, article this morning, <laughs> social media sites themselves and the MSM have been leading the charge against free speech. Uh, yes, libertarians, we say yes, uh, absolutely, private companies get to do what they want to do, uh, and that's their right. Well, yes, that's exactly right, but the progressive left has um, obviously taken over those industries by and large, and the result is is that rather than going through the process of trying to get past the First Amendment, which says Congress shall make no law, they're going, uh, they're bypassing that process, and they're just going straight to um, media. They're going straight to the corporations. We've seen already that although mask mandates are not necessarily legal in any jurisdiction by which they're ordered, either by a mayor or by a governor, they certainly not certainly have not come from the federal government yet. But where they're getting compliance is they're getting compliance from the um, uh, the corporations. And so that's where the first step is in programming us into compliance is to have major corporations initiate first, get us brainwashed into accepting that compliance before they move to the next step, which will certainly be legislation. And it will certainly happen if we have, in fact, lost 
this presidency to a Biden administration, and we do not retain the Senate. And when I say we, I'm not talking about the GOP. I'm not a member of the GOP. I'm not a member of uh, any party, including uh, the Libertarian Party. But when I say we, I'm talking about those of us that care about liberty, individual liberty, that care about the Constitution, care about the protections of the uh, bill uh, that are that are enumerated in the Bill of Rights. And uh, we are going to lose those first to the uh, multinational and major corporations, the big box stores such as uh, Costco, Walmart. And um, it's just a, a matter of time before these um, these initiatives are rolled out and we cannot even go to a concert without showing our compliance, not compliance to a federal or a government or state or local mandate, but our compliance to the dictates of Live Nation and Ticketmaster. And then that will work its way throughout. And I I called it in the article today, I called it uh, bread and circuses because that's that's exactly what it is. Uh, First, they're coming to us with our desire for circuses. So we want to normalize. We want to have that feeling that we used to get from a, you know, uh, crowding together with either a few hundred or many thousands of people in a concert experience um, or, or a, um, are, are going to you know the, the theme parks or attending any kind of food festival or whatever. They're going to get us there first. And then it's going to trickle down to the other um, uh, aspects of free market society. The big box stores will not allow us to enter unless, you know, as we walk through the front door, we're shown that we're compliant with our vaccine. Uh, we're then not going to be able to, um, as we know it's coming. In fact, it's, you know, it's already happened with uh, flu vaccines and other industries. We're not going to be able to go to work. Uh, myself, as I said, I've, I've spent 40 years in an industry that has already been basically shut down uh, by and large. And they're now telling us that I'm not going to go uh, back to work until not just the audience, the ticket buyers, the patrons comply to uh, mandatory vaccines. But do you really think they're going to let me get back on stage without having uh, complied and submitted to that uh, as well? So that is going to affect all of us and all of our jobs uh, before government even begins to step in. But just remember, uh, for those of you that don't think that government can and will do that, let's not lose sight of what just happened a few years ago when uh, Obamacare came along. There was a thing called the individual mandate. And on our own tax returns, we had to sign off and say, yes, we have our health insurance either through the ACA or we have it through our business or our private market in some manner. But the bottom line is, is we weren't even able to file our tax returns without compliance to a federal mandate upheld by the John Roberts uh, Supreme Court uh, to uh, prove our submission to what um, previously the federal government had never, ever, ever done before in the history of our country, which was requiring us to buy something in order to um, uh, be in um, the good graces of the federal government, actually having to purchase something. And that had never happened before. Well, this is uh, where we're at now. These dominoes are being put in place, and I believe that they're going to fall very quickly. So we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. And that leads me into what I wanted to do today. Uh, I think that uh, the most uh, 
important voices still in, in our country and who we need to be listening to uh, is the um, prescient brilliance of our founders. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I posted a, a couple of blogs. Uh, it was a series called The American Crisis, and it was anonymously uh, written for us by a guest blogger. She calls herself a chatterer, and unfortunately, because of the cancel culture in which we find ourselves, um, a chatterer cannot uh, reveal her true identity because of her career choice, because it would jeopardize her to be known to associate with um, <laughs> those of us who love American liberty and who um, revere uh, the, the American experience and our founders. And so she writes uh, anonymously under that name, a chatterer. And uh, these are actually not her words. I, I think I should, should uh, clarify that right off the bat. What she has done, though, is she has compiled various quotations from founding fathers and put them into a readable form as though it was one single open letter to uh, the American citizens. Uh, this particular uh, letter, I'm going to read American Cri the American Crisis Part 1 now, and this letter uh, specifically includes quotations from George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Samuel Adams, John Dickinson, John Langdon, Thomas Paine, Alexander Hamilton, Patrick Henry, and John Hancock. And um, to just start this off, she provides just an opening note in her own voice before she gets into the open letter to uh, all of us. A note about a chatterer. None of these are my words. As we watch America fall to pieces, I often can't help but wish that her founders could be here to guide us. They were prolific writers of anonymous letters and pamphlets. And since we no longer have their wisdom directly, I've attempted to repurpose their original words for 2020. If the Founding Fathers were here today, I think they'd be writing letters like these. A claim I feel reasonably confident in making as they are all copied and pasted directly from their quotes. And the first letter begins. To the people of the United States... Friends and fellow citizens, the present state of America is truly alarming to every man who is capable of reflection. From the high ground on which we stood, from the plain path which invited our footsteps, to be so fallen, so lost, is really mortifying. No morn ever dawned more favorable than ours did, and no day was ever more clouded than the present. We have been afraid to think. We have felt a reluctance to examining into the grounds of our privileges and the extent in which we have an indisputable right to demand them against all the power and authority on earth. And many who have not scrupled to examine for themselves have yet for certain prudent reasons been cautious and diffident of declaring the result of their inquiries. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time? Through a fear of giving offense, I should consider myself as guilty of treason towards my country. 
ceremony and even silence from whatever motives they may arise have a hurtful tendency when they give the least degree of countenance to base and wicked performances. There seems to be a direct and formal design on foot to enslave all America. A tyranny seems to be at the very door. A few ambitious designing men in every state, with their consummate villainy and effrontery, are taking every measure in their power to increase the public distractions, hoping to reap a temporary benefit from the general wreck. The dullest eyesight could not but see to what all this tended. To prepare the way for greater innovations and oppressions. Rigorous, oppressive, and tyrannical laws may be thought expedient as instruments to humble our rebellious tempers and oblige us to submit to further exertions of authority till the claim to bind us, in all cases whatsoever, be fully complied with. What is to defend us against so enormous, so unlimited a power? I mean not to exhibit horror for the purpose of provoking revenge, but to awake us from fatal and unmanly slumbers, that we may pursue determinately some fixed object. When designs are formed to raise the very foundation of a free government, those few who are to erect their grandeur and fortunes upon the general ruin will employ every art to soothe the devoted people into a state of indolence and attention and security. Our enemies would fain have us lie down on the bed of sloth and security and persuade ourselves that there is no danger. But is there no danger when the very foundations of our civil constitution tremble? Is it a time for us to sleep when our free government is essentially changed and a new one is forming upon a quite different system? Is this tame relinquishment of rights worthy of free men? We are at this moment upon a precipice. The next step may be fatal to us. If a wrong step be now made, the republic may be lost forever. The honor and safety of our bleeding country and every other motive that can influence the brave and heroic patriot call loudly upon us to acquit ourselves with spirit. The liberties of our country, the freedom of our civil constitution are worth defending at all hazards, and it is our duty to defend them against all attacks. We have received them as a fair inheritance from our worthy ancestors. They purchased them for us with toil and danger and expense of treasure and blood and transmitted them to us with care and diligence. It will bring an everlasting mark of infamy on the present generation, enlightened as it is, if we should suffer them to be wrested from us by violence without a struggle, or be cheated out of them by the artifices of false and designing men. Of the latter, we are in most danger at present. Let us therefore be aware of it. Let my beloved Americans guard against that fatal lethargy that has pervaded the universe. Let us look to our national character and to things beyond the present period. We must save the country. This interesting subject will be resumed in the ensuing paper.
In the meanwhile, I am yours, a chatterer.